Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody is well. Happy Friday, post-Thanksgiving, pre-Shabbat. What a great opportunity for us. We've been talking a lot about this concept, and I want to start to transition next week into the next trait that we're going to really delve into, which is the trait that stems from the recognition that we're trying to hit at today. We've been trying the past few days to really drive home the essence of honor. And the essence of honor is the recognition that what I have inside me is greater than anything that I can accomplish. And so as soon as I can get there, it starts to begin to change my perspective on the concept of doing. Now, this is critical because in the world that we live in right now, we live in the domain of doing. So on Friday, we take questions. I got a great question from a wonderful family in Toronto. Steve asked me the following. He said that we spoke yesterday about hunger. And he said that there, there could be or there, there should be hunger of the soul. The soul feels hungry. The soul clings to connect to its creator. The soul feels a hunger for more. And the doing of the soul is spiritual work, whether it's rich mitzvot or rituals or good deeds. So in the paradigm we spoke yesterday about, which is the do and the be, it, it applies, so to speak, the same to spiritual pursuits. And that's an incredible question. And I want to sort of spend sometime today delving into that and then next week begin the transition because this really is the transition this question is exactly the question that can, that's the threshold between the trait that we've been spending time on which is honor and the next trait that we're going to get to next with god's help which is called eternality being eternal in hebrew it's called netzach and let's let's delve in together we started getting to this at the end of yesterday about this, the difference between being physically hungry. I'm hungry, that concept. And what that really means in its core is I don't have something. And so I assume that the way to feel satisfied is by getting something that I currently don't have. I don't have food and I eat. I don't have money and I get money. I don't have a home. I go get a home, right? And now when we expand that to not only our survival needs, we expand that to include psychological needs, especially through neuroplasticity. What we realize is that we can condition ourselves to need things that we don't actually need, but that we think we need, right? So it's not just that I need to eat. Now I need to eat a lot because I'm used to eating a lot. Not only do I need to live, I need to live in a certain size home because I'm used to that level of comfort, right? I don't need to fly, I need to fly in a certain class, I need to fly private, right? Whatever the thing is, from small to large, there is what I need and what I've conditioned myself to need. And then when we expand it even further, now there's not just that, but there's also societal needs that I have. Acceptance, which is survival. 
right? Um, to fee- to need the feel to win, to be ahead, to feel important, right? These are psychological sort of competitive needs that we have. Now, these physical needs are what drive us. And what drives us is the feeling that I don't have it yet. So if you just can look at it as an equation of that which I need and that to the extent in which I don't have it equals my drive to go get it. And based on how I was born and where I was born and what my own micro society thinks is important and based on a lot of my environment is what drives me. And I see this all the time for those who I, you know, I see this all the time. I remember, like I said, I said a little bit, I remember when I was my late teens, early twenties. And I remember my friends and I can look back at all the different friends, wherever I had them, high school, post high school, whatever it is. And I, I can look at each of our lives and see what we're doing and really trace it to these decisions that we made into the different micro cultures we ended up in. So where you live and is changes what you need. And some people live here and some people live there and some people do this, some people do that. What what we're, what they're driving towards is distinct. What we drove towards in high school was f- fairly similar. Grades, sports, popularity, whatever the things were. But when you get older and you go into your own little micro environments, it changes your drive. What is that? Why does it change your drive for? The answer is because it's a lack that our society makes us feel. Times all the time. I know a friend of mine that moved to Israel. He lived in a small-ish house in in a certain community in, in, in America. He always felt like he didn't have enough. He moved to Israel. Everyone where he lives, he lives in an apartment. He once said to me, like, if I lived in the same size home that I lived this year from last year, I'd feel like I was a billionaire. I'm like, wait, what do you mean? It was a year ago, I felt like I was losing because I looked down the block and everyone had more than me. This year, I feel like if, if I were in that same home, same distance to the bathroom, same size bedrooms, same size dining room. If that would have been placed into his current neighborhood, the same guy with the same size family would feel different. Well, how come? The answer is because it wasn't the home that he was living in. It was the context in which he was living in. So if we're not aware of it, we could spend our whole lives chasing the little hamster wheel of our, of our neighborhoods. A lot of people do it. They're wonderful, amazing people, but their goals in life are determined by the people around them. I live this way. Don't you live this way? We all live this way. That's how we live in context. That's a very physical way of living our lives. And if we follow that path of someone else determines what's important, and I feel a lack, and I run after that lack to become something, which is mostly accepted. That's what, that's the number one B that we want is to be accepted. We end up doing to fulfill, to fill a B. And we never have to fill that B because if you go up the ladder, all you do is get exposure to more people. And as you climb the physical ladder, you get more stuff. And as you get more stuff, you realize that you get more need. So you never really get there. What we spoke yesterday about, which we began the process of talking yesterday about, which was Steve's question, which is a great question, which is, doesn't the soul have hunger as well? 
And the answer is it's not hunger. It's something else. And I want to sort of see if I can, in the time we have today, explain it. Because it really, I'm just trying to get my time here. It really was, I believe, the essence of what Rav Noach's principle was in, in happiness. And I believe in my core that if we can get this, this is a great sort of close in a way. And we can start next week a, a new trait. And it'll always circle back because traits are concentric circles. The soul doesn't feel hunger the way the body feels hunger. The soul, the soul feels addictive in a way that is unlike anything physical. Last night we had on the Shabbat show, we had the founder of an organization called Chazdei Lev. Chazdei Lev means the, the, the kindness of one's heart. It's an organization that creates these packages for teachers during holidays. Almost completely volunteer base. They send, I mean, it's a multi-million dollar budget. They're sending thousands and thousands of packages to teachers all over the country. And it's almost entirely volunteer based. So you understand what that means, right? They're not at, they're not they're not going out and and getting the Amazon guys to, to to carry the package in the back of the truck. They got kids and adults, high income, mid income, whatever, going to trailers, driving across the country, unloading packages, driving them to people's home, right? And he said one of the greatest days they have is the day where they unloaded. It. It's before the holidays, and they pick a spot and people come up and he said the people work 25 straight hours all types of people young old different income brackets they get their saturday night and they're done sunday night and they take the packages off they have to place them they have to ultimately give them out on sunday they clean up and he said the people afterwards come to them and thank them for the greatest day of their year how is that possible let me tell you a guy who's sitting on his couch and you say, I need you to go down to some center, some outdoor stadium, unload packages for an entire night, hand out the packages for the whole day, don't sleep, don't shower, barely eat, clean up at the end of the night, work for 25 straight hours, back breaking labor, and don't get paid. And the answer is, is that when you're in the process of expressing your soul, what you get is a pleasure that is not comparable to physical pleasure. So what we're used to is physical pleasure. And we don't know what spiritual pleasure feels like. So we don't know how to go for it. We don't know what that feels like. We know what physical pleasure feels like. And we know what it feels to fill up physically. I know what it feels like to go to the fridge and get something and put it into my mouth. I know that. I know how to get that also. I know the process. I get up off the couch. I walk to the fridge. I eat the thing. I can feel all those pleasures in my head. I don't know when spiritual pleasure comes. There is no, I, I know it comes in giving, but like I don't know when. I know it feels good when I do that thing or say that. I know, but I don't know. Like, does it always happen? Sometimes it won't happen. Like, I can't put my finger on it because it's spiritual. You can't put your finger on spiritual. I know it feels good to not 
always be subject to my temptations. I know that. But I, I don't know when it's going to feel good spiritually. I know it should. And I know it, I, I know it has. But I don't have the same level of physical confidence that that thing in front of me is going to feel good immediately because spiritual pleasure doesn't have an immediate hit. The physical pleasure gives you a hit. It sends something on your tongues or on your fingers or in your eyes. There's a physical sensory mechanism that adapts, adapts to pleasure. And I get it right away. Now, I know that I keep on doing this. I'm going to need more of it to get the same pleasure. And I know that when I'm done, I feel empty, but that's later. I know this potato chip is going to make me feel empty. I know when I do that to that person, when I, when I say, when I watch that thing, I know I'm going to feel empty afterwards. I know when I say that, I'm going to feel empty afterwards. My body's like, don't think of that. You ever have that? Don't think of that. Your body goes, just do it. That little voice. Just do it. Spiritual pleasure is hard to hold on to. It's slower. It's softer. It's more silent. It hits you differently. But when you feel it, it gets addictive. Because what it is, it's your power coming out. It's your power. It's your essential self. It's who you really are coming out. When someone does the things that they're meant to do in this world, it feels different. When you do something and as you're doing it, you go, wow, this is why I'm here. It feels different than doing the same amount of energy to something else. Well, guess what? We are here in this world to be a conduit from the spirituality that is within us to the spirituality that it needs to go outside us. That's why we're here. We are, house, we are housing souls that is the flow of spirituality from the creator to the world through us. When I open the faucet spiritually and let it flow through, it feels different. That's not hunger. That's heaven. That's heaven. It's just heaven on earth. It's what it feels like. Yeah. Deborah on Facebook, that's right. Intentionality. Tapping into something deeper. It's heaven on earth. It's real pleasure. In Hebrew, this is called oneg. Oneg is a deep enjoyment. On Shabbat, is the time where we're supposed to really expend our soul. That's why we call Shabbat Oneg. For every background, every denomination, every religion, I want you to, it's everyone has this. Everyone has spirituality. And everybody has the ability in, in their own way by the situations presented to them, by the Torah, by the wisdom, by the mitzvahs, by the things that are in front of us, by the holidays, we all have the ability to be a conduit for depth. And we know it because we don't even know. It It almost feels, if, you, if you're paying attention, it almost feels like something is flowing through you. 
right? You're not getting anything in the spiritual world, right? When you think about like what that pleasure is, it's not in the accumulation of it. It's in the, it's in the process of giving it. And when you're giving it, it just feels different. So when you're done, you just want to do more of it. That's how we grow from a place of soul. And it's not only when we have our eyes closed in a prayer that to bifurcate spirituality to the pews is a huge misconception that is a modern day invention. It's it's thinking of other people. It's acting for other people. It's overcoming the challenges that are in our lives with the power within us. It's being thankful for our blessings. Last night on the show, Rabbi Wallerstein spoke about the idea of the concept of gratitude being the ability to recognize recognition in good. Because if it's obviously good, there's no value there. Big deal. So you realize something was good. Everyone does that. But if you're a person who is grateful, consistently, who looks for it, who thanks God, who's constantly in a place of where you are grateful for the little things that you have, grateful for the things that don't make sense. When you are in position of giving, when your life is, is if the arrows of our lives are outward, the more they're outward in an, in a, an authentic way, the more it flows. It's almost as if you can imagine, like a, if you're turning a faucet, you know, hot or cold, Right, And when you turn it on hot, it has to go into the, to the heating element in your house, the boiler, and draw up that hot water. So just by turning the faucet to H, to the red, you're causing something to happen in parts of your home that you don't even realize. Like you don't realize that when you're in the shower, you put it on hot and it's cold in the beginning. The bo- the, in your home, you're like, oh, it's hot. And the boiler's like, let's get rolling. And it's, just, and it's pumping up that hot water. When you turn it on hot, you're causing something to happen. When you turn your life, when we turn our lives to other, when, when on our dial, we look at life and it says other, self, other. When we turn it to other, each other, the creator, when our eyes are, how can I build? How can I help? Like we said, honoring. Remember the honoring. And this is how it all comes together. I hope I can finish it in two minutes. This is how it, like, it all comes together for this little trait, right? How do we honor ourselves? By honoring others. How does that work when we turn the faucet on giving to other people and honoring other people and being appreciative of other people and having our lives being lives that we know, not to a place where you're a schmata. I'm not saying you have to be a doormat. You can build oneself up because you also have to be strong. You also have to provide for yourself. Okay, you have to sleep. That's okay. But if the goal of our lives is self, then we're blocking the flow. When the goal of our lives is other, what happens is it opens it up, the the channel. And that feeling that we get is it's spiritual heaven. It's addictive. It's a, it's a way of life. That's why people are volunteering and doing all that stuff comes from that feeling. 
that's true honor. True honor is when our lives are lived for something beyond ourselves. And we do that from a place of knowing, and this is this is the key last point. When we do that from a place of knowing that who I am, myself really, is something beyond this world. And the, if I got something this special, the only thing I can do to give it the true respect is to share it with others. Right? You honor something by sharing it. If that cake is delicious, it's you only honor the cake when you share it with the rest of the family. If that song is awesome, you only honor the song if you share it with other people. Well, if we're infinitely valuable, if we really are a piece of, the, of God, if we really are a source that is beyond this world, then we only really honor that by sharing it by giving that's how the flow happens that's true honor and the more we give the more we feel it the more the other stuff yeah we can get we should we should we should win in life why not let's have homes that are that, that fit us why can't we have good things but you can tell that the people that are really living this way and someone goes gives them the same stuff the same you know uh the, the accolades and the trophies and all that other stuff that other people are like clamoring for you can sort of sense that the people that live with true honor when they get it they're thankful but they're not like sucking the bone you know what i'm talking about like you know you go to these dinners and some people get up there and they get honor and they're like no 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 please stop 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 no, stop, stop. And then some people are up there and they honor and they're like, thank you. And like, you can almost see that they're like, because they know what honor is. They know because they live their lives giving. And they're, they're, th- they're happy for people to recognize them. It's, it feels great when someone recognizes you. When someone says something nice in the boost, I love it. You're, we're all human beings. Why shouldn't we compliment each other? But when we build this truth up, do we need it? Or do we just appreciate it? All right. Let's think about this this weekend. We're going to start something new next week. It's going to be the extension of this. We're going to move into the new world. We're actually going to talk this about this as, as well on the Timeless Lesson States. Hope you guys are on that. But just for the weekend, let's sort of spend some time thinking about this. This incredible trait called honor who we are, who we are, man, who we are, this infinite, valuable soul. And by just appreciating who we are, the bee, we start to live a different life and do. And we honor those around us, which then only honors us more. And we tap into this incredible flow of energy coming down from the creator through us to the world. And that's how we achieve the real, real, real honor. All right. Have a great weekend, everybody. Good Shabbos. Shabbat Shalom. And with God's help, I cannot wait to see you again next week.